Hello, and thanks for joining us on the podcast that discusses all things gaming. Coming to you from the home of Gen Con and the gaming capital of the world, this is The Established Facts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 69. That's right, 69. Had to repeat it, didn't you? Yes, (laughs) of the established facts. Um, We're going to go around the table and introduce everyone uh, that is here for our awesome episode 69, uh, starting with my right. Okay, this is Josh. I don't... (laughs) (laughs) You look look to your left and say to your right. I did. I did. I did. That's why I'm the super villain because I'm smarter than everyone at the table. No. It, uh, and I guess it's just Josh and I <laughs> at the table today. Even though there's at least a third voice. Uh, Prime. This is the most confused <laughs> table. All right, so. Great start. That's right. Hey, guys, this is Derek. Oh, there we go. All right. You ever feel like somebody just hit play way too late? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, good start. Sorry. It's like, this, it's, like this, it's like those really bad Japanese movies where he actually said his name 15 minutes ago and it finally came through. <laughs> you got to dub it over. And uh, for the first time on the mics, we have our good friend Lance. Lance, please introduce yourself. Who are you? Hi, I'm Lance. <laughs> because I just got introduced. That's so. right. That's right. Uh, man Lan- who needs no introduction but still gets two. That's right. Uh, Lance is a good friend of ours and plays many games. And uh, we brought him onto the show today because he's kind of uh, an authority in some of the discussions we're going to be talking about for the next uh, episode or two. Um, as you may have listened to, uh, as you. Should have already listened to episode 67 when we talked about uh, different cons and things like that. We got into kind of a sidebar discussion about comics and art and things like that. And uh, we decided that episode 69 and possibly 70 would be uh, a good time for us to kind of revisit that idea of comic books as they relate to um, kind of being a geek and how they're kind of coming back out into... Um, the mainstream culture, and uh, then eventually how they uh, relate to gaming and things like that. So uh, without further ado, our versus topic for episode 69 is classic era, uh, sorry, classic era superheroes versus modern era superheroes. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, there there are some specific ages of comic books, uh, gold, silver, bronze age, and then there is kind of the modern age, which started in like the mid-80s and has gone until uh, about now. And um, a lot of the heroes that um, most of us have grown up with, or at least our parents even grew up with in the post-war age, uh, are being revamped and kind of uh, um, their stories are being rewritten in a lot of really cool ways with uh, movies and games and 
uh, even new comics that are coming out with the new 52 and a lot of other brand new first issues that they're going to be coming out with here very soon uh, or may have already come out with. So uh, so basically what I want to know is do you, as a, uh, as a reader or as someone who just enjoys the um, characters from comics, whether it be in a video game or a movie or something like that, do you enjoy the original interpretation of the character or the uh, classic era interpretation of that hero – or are you uh, more inclined to to enjoy the uh, later or more modern interpretation of those characters? So, like some of the things that may have come out more recently with movies and new comic books and stuff are like that. Are you specifically yes, asking about Marvel DC, or are you looking at, or are you asking, do we like um, Marvel DC versus? I mean, it can it. It's it's kind of a broad it's kind of a broad versus topic, but more more on the lines of, um, do you prefer the classic comic book style versus like the new comic book style, or or something about you know which which do you prefer kind of as a whole, and and then we'll go into why. So uh, we'll go ahead and start with, and we'll go ahead and start with our uh, new special guest Lance. I'm choosing. Classic age, if you will, over modern age. I have to go classic age. Okay. Derek? Modern age. All right. Prime? I'm going to go with modern age. All right. Joshy? I'm going to go with modern age. Okay. Um, well, there you go. That's right. Um, so uh, I think I'm going to go with... Uh, I think I'm going to go with the modern age as well. Um so Lance, being the only person who uh, decided you you really like the classic age uh, with superheroes a lot better, and obviously having a much more uh, experienced foundation in comics and things like that compared to at least most of us on the uh, uh, on the show today, why why do you like those instead of uh, the modern or or over the modern age? I should say. Sure. Um, first, it's because it's what I grew up with. You know, reading the old Supermans, the Batmans, the the origins of those guys are there. And second, because without the Bronze Age, Silver Age, uh, Golden Age of comics, there is no modern age. So, without us, there's no you. That's true. Um, Derek, why did you why do you like the modern age a lot better than than some of the classic stuff? I like the storylines and the characters a little bit better. With the modern age, um, with the more grittier um, storylines, I tend to like the indie comics more than I like Marvel or DC. Um, I, I find that their storylines are more interesting. Um, their characters are more deep. Um, okay. Um, I can relate to them more. Now, I know that uh, one of the big things nowadays is uh, a lot more comics are going uh, to a more digital format with, with web comics or uh, even just issues being printed uh, or uh, being uh, published both in print form and as well on uh, a web comic form and things like that. Overall, what do you guys prefer? Uh, do you prefer to be able to sit down and kind of thumb through the pages or do you prefer to be able to sit down on your computer while you're Checking your email or working or something like that, and and kind of flipping through some of the web comics and stuff like that. 
anybody answers it. I don't care. I, I love the accessibility of digital. Um, most recently, I'm not I'm not a big comic book person. I'm going to be probably the most quiet one when it comes <clears throat> to the actual having read comics. But uh, I did jump on board being the Pathfinder fan I am and get on the Pathfinder subscription, which sends you basically the Paizo exclusive and the two printed copies. Uh, so there's three copies now that's coming of the same comic. Um, but I'm able to take those and sleeve them and put them in a uh, binder so that one day, whether I keep them or end up selling them, it's something for me that's kind of a collector's idea, but I always end up going back to Comixology, now owned by Amazon, and uh, buy the digital copy because it's easier for me to read later on my phone or on my iPad, and I have it with me without keeping the comic book, while keeping the comic book intact. Okay. Call me old-fashioned. I'm, I'm a comic book guy. Give me a, a, a 12-page comic book spread. Um, just because there's something about turning those pages and seeing what the artist wanted you to see per page, the smell of new ink, the, the tactonis. And also, I mean, I've, I've had my own comicsology uh, account, so I have some digital comics. And it's great because you can get your hands on comics that you wouldn't be able to reach uh, financially or physically otherwise. But... You know, for the sake of technology, if technology fails, you don't have those comics, and you right. can't read those anymore. Whereas you have a copy of, say, a, an old 12 center, uh, it's yours forever until you sell it or or get rid of it somehow. So, give me a give me a book any day. I I would I would have to tend to agree. I um, you know, I know um, when I was uh, when I was growing up, and I actually got into some of the comics. Some of the comics that I got into were. Uh, kind of like the mid '90s uh, X-Men and, and Spider-Man comics, especially like Venom. I really got uh, into a lot of the Venom uh, series when they had the spinoff and stuff like that. And um, I can still remember those comic books, like those physical comic books, and, and I can still see the cover and things like that. And uh, I've read a few web comics, and, and they're good. I mean, they're all they're all in general. Uh, in the media, they're all good, but I would have to agree that I, I think I really like personally to be able to sit down with that book and, and kind of just flip through the pages. And I think it's funny when you look through the the, uh, especially if you go to like an old comic book store or something like that, or even half price books nowadays, uh, and you buy like one of those comics that's like twenty or thirty years old, and all the inserts that they have in there, and how like just kind of reflecting back on wow, I can't believe that they. <laughs> You know, I, I remember when these action figures came out or, or something like that. The old X-ray goggles or the yeah, build your own right. hovercraft out of a vacuum motor. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, um, so as far as um, our modern versus classic era stuff, Josh, you said you liked modern. What, uh, what really draws you to more of the modern comic versus the classic? Well, honestly, the biggest thing is the modern era is what I'm most familiar with. Um, but I also tend to steer more towards like the artwork has drastically improved in comparison to what it was like prior to modern era um, so prior to mid 80s um, I mean otherwise I really have no other comparison I don't really know a whole lot about comic books as far as their storyline backgrounds are concerned there's, there's only a, a few probably a few key characters that I would even consider collecting as far as comic books are concerned anyway so um excuse me um one thing that you uh that you brought up there at the end like i think that 
for probably for a lot of comic enthusiasts, you know, obviously there there are probably several collectors that they you know if they like Marvel or if they like DC or if they like you know um, uh, Dark Horse comics or something like that, they just collect the comics because that's what that person publishes and stuff like that. But I think for the majority of uh, of what people enjoy and what they get into, it's it's the individual characters. Uh, you know, whether you're a Batman fan or you really like Wolverine or somebody like that. And so, um, I mean, I know that it was kind of, it's kind of brief uh, for our versus topic, but that kind of gets me into our discussion topic is what, for us, what makes, um, like, what makes a superhero attractive to each one of us? Not physically or anything like that, but. But like Big what? Wonder Wonder muscles. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, Strategically placed still, holes for, in the uniform. For any of the right for, for anybody who ever collected like superhero uh, ball cards or anything like that in the mid '90s when Tops and Upper uh, Upper Deck were making them, the Spring Break collection for Marvel was one of my favorites. And if you ever get a chance, go back and look at them, and, and you'll know why. I was also like eleven, so. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, uh, but yeah, what what uh, you know when we see a superhero, uh, why do we like this one over that one, or uh, you know things like that? Anybody, Lance? Okay, I need you to repeat the question okay. because there were several yeah, different I questions know, in that. What um, the question is? What makes a superhero attractive to each one of us individually? Um, Okay, the ideals and the the way that character is presented, really. Um, to give an example, I'm, I'm a Superman and Batman and a lot of DC, also some Marvel stuff. But Superman encompasses and embodies the best of what humans could be. Um, okay. He's always, I mean, to use, to use gaming terms, he's lawful good. He's, you know, the, the Boy Scout, the I'll do everything I can to help you. Uh, without ever dipping into being, uh, even considering being bad, um, Batman is the everyman. If if something bad happened to me and I wanted to take revenge, this is one way I could do it without ever becoming the evil guy that I could be. If I kept it on the the, the lawful side, you could be that guy if you had the money to do it. Um, I don't know about Aquaman, right? Really don't know. <laughs> no one really knows about Aquaman. Yeah, right. We had a discussion about Aquaman before the show. But to true to truly be honest, it's it's what the character embodies is is how you you attach to a character. Uh, a lot of people attach to Wolverine. He's a loner. Uh, a lot of people who read comic books tend to start off as loners. Uh, he's also uh, a big BA that has metal skeleton claws, so he can rip through anything and anyone. And a lot of people would like to be able to do that. So it's just, it's who you read, who you attach to, uh, based on what they represent. For me. Um, well, I think, uh, you know, for me, I, um, a lot of the things that I really look forward to in, in a superhero in general is kind of like, uh, not only are they, not only are they dealing with the conflicts of maybe a, an archvillain, a nemesis, or something like that, but uh, 
the internal conflicts that a lot of them have. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Wolverine, and there's a point in, in the Wolverine story where, you know, he starts really trying to question his past and figure out who he is and, and where he came from and things like that. Uh, Peter Parker. Um, one of my, uh, you know, Spider-Man is one of my favorites because he is he is that tragic hero. You know, he, he watched his uncle die, uh, and then, you know, right after that... Became um, a villain for a minute. He was, he was, and and then he had to deal with he had to deal with that, you know. And then when Gwen Stacy dies uh, in the comics, you know, he he becomes that tragic hero who realizes he's trying to save people, but he needs to manage um, his awareness. He can't, you know, he can't be focusing on this over here and this over there, uh, and and be able to do the best job because then people could get hurt. Um, and and I really like characters that are um, more in depth like that. They're dealing with they're dealing with the more um, psychological conflicts as well as the the physical conflicts that they have with a villain or or something like that. Derek, <clears throat> um, I like that aspect when they're questioning. Um, their motives but I like that as a norm rather than an exception I like the type of I like the anti-hero a lot um, I mean X-Men uh, is um, is the outsider which a lot of comic book readers are um, that's what is attractive about that I like you, Lance, but I can't stand Superman. I really, really can't stand I didn't invent the character. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the Boy Scout is just so beyond any sense of reality to me. It's like the 50s as portrayed via television. Um is how I feel Superman is. It's the Mary Sue character. It's the John Cena character. It's the I can do anything. Uh, I have to show struggle every now and again just to like re- somehow reconnect with people. But in the end, I'm going to always succeed because I am Superman. Um, I will believe in all these ideals that aren't necessarily true, but um, I have to prove that they are real, but they aren't. It's it's the pre um, um, blacklist super uh, view of government. Is how I view Superman. Um, okay, so Sue, who are some of your favorites then? Um. I really like the boys. I like Midnighter. Um, I like um, I like heroes that constantly. I like the intellectual heroes, the ones that constantly question the. Um, I like to be quite honest. I like Punisher. Okay. So, yeah. For me. Um and this was it's it's really hard to kind of phrase it this way but it makes to make the most sense in my head believability makes a big deal uh to me the SCs are far-fetched 
stories. Yes, they are. Um, I am not the comic book reader, but I've seen about every comic book movie that has come out over just kind of in general. Batman, love the concept behind that because we know that there are rich people in this world. And if rich people turned around and tried to use it for vengeance, it could be used in a very bad way or in a very good way as applied with Batman. Um, Even the most recent Avengers movies, aside from Thor being an alien, I mean, if aliens exist, then it makes sense. Uh, Everything else so far in the Avengers storyline in the movies has been described in some scientific way to make it make sense as to why this person could be as extraordinary as they are. And, well, in most cases with Marvel, yes. Um, I'll give you that. But that's what's kind of attracted me to that. Um, But again, I enjoy Batman. I enjoy the the Superman storylines. Which Batman? um, That's a very good question. (laughs) I actually haven't disliked any of the Batmans except Val Kilmer. (laughs) <laughs> well, Adam West, Adam West Batman served a purpose at the time. Yeah, uh, I'm, I was not a big fan of Val Kilmer's Batman. We've had this discussion before, but Val Kilmer's Bruce Wayne was really good. George Clooney's Bruce Wayne was terrible, and his Batman was better. His suit was terrible. His Batman was better. <laughs> all, all the suits in that movie were terrible. What they the were. listeners can't see is Derek is referencing the nipples on the bat suit from Batman and Robin. I, I, yeah. Exactly. I know. That's a whole other level. Uh, (laughs) But as as time has progressed, the storylines have tried to match with the personal enjoyment of their fans. Christopher Nolan's Batman, the Dark Knight series, was very a very dark rendition of the Batman. So was Michael Keaton's. But sort of Michael, like his especially his Bruce Wayne. His Bruce Wayne wasn't a well jerk. He was yeah. actually a very approachable Bruce but the, Wayne. But the atmosphere was very dark. That's yeah. just Tim Burton. Well, yeah. I don't but, think they were necessarily going storyline-wise. They had Tim Burton, so it had to be. <laughs> but, I mean, you have that two sides of Batman. You have the... You do. You have the campy versus the dark. Well, and that's what I think Michael Keaton's Batman was. It was a transition from the camp to dark. And then once we hit Nolan's Batman, it was really dark. I have no idea what Affleck's going to do to it. <laughs> well, since we've gotten on to comic book movies, and especially the Batman movies, remember that before the, the 1960s Batman television show, Batman was only in serials, so he'd be a black and white character on the movies before the actual movie played. Um, when Batman 66 came out, yeah, it was very campy. It was very colorful. That was designed to bring kids to comic books, to the Batman story. Uh, lots of colors, lots of flashiness. Take those away, it's a Western. And kids were watching Westerns at the time. This is just a way to get them to the comic book version of the Western. And then in 1989, when uh, the Batman movie came out, people thought, man, this is dark. This is the Batman we've been waiting for from the comic books. And it was it was dark, and, and uh, outside of Batman using guns, which he hasn't done since you know the bronze or golden age of comics, um, he was he was dark. He had flaws. He had personal ethos. But then it became more campy as as the thing went on. Again, you were seeing more colors. You were seeing the villains being way over the top and chewing the scenery for the actors. And then Nolan's comes out, and it's a cop movie. It's about a cop that wears a cape, and it is dark. And but gritty. Don't you see that that goes back to the original action? 
It was Detective, wasn't Detective. it? Detective Comics, yeah. Comics. I mean, that's the film noir version of. That's how I view that Batman. Is is he's very gritty. It's a very dark world. He is a very conflicted character. I mean, this is a someone who has everything, and then decides that he's going to put all of his resources into creating this alter ego because he watched his parents die and he's going to go out and save the common man well I shouldn't say that he's going to punish the enemy, uh, villains is how I sort of view him mm-hmm. not necessarily Exa- savior but he exacts justice right. not necessarily punishment and that's the thing that made him as our discussions have been in the past a good character as opposed to a bad character or no. evil character I wouldn't necessarily say that I don't think that punishing bad guys is necessarily put you into the evil category. He's not causing harm. Oh, yes. Batman does. Well... Batman break your legs. Yeah. He won't kill you. He won't kill you, but... Fair enough. Walk. <laughs> well, and I mean, that, br- that brings up a really good point. Like, uh, kind of the idea of, like, the the vindicator of justice, like Batman versus the Punisher, who is kind of the... Uh, the executioner to those who are wicked and wrong. You know where where does that where does that balance lie between those two characters? You've got a guy who is willing to go to the extreme to eliminate people who are a threat to the public, like the Punisher. You know he'll strap a landmine to the bottom of your car, and as you come out with your laundered money, he'll blow it up. You know, whereas Batman will just stalk you until you get to your warehouse and then beat up you and all your goons and then call the cops. You know, where, like, as a, I guess, uh, as an audience to those, you know, what, what do we prefer? Like, you know, do you, do you, do you like to see the kind of superhero who is willing to go to the extreme and take those risks and things like that? Or do you prefer the kind of hero that's gonna, that's gonna do what, the justice system should be doing, but isn't. Well, I think that that's a very tight line. Um, and I mean, if you, I mean, if you really want to see this within a storyline, look at the Arrow TV series. Um, originally, first season, he was killing people, mm-hmm. and now he's like, I can't kill people anymore because I had this discussion with my best friend and. You know, I can't really just be a killer anymore. I have to think about my, my the consequences to my actions. And something more. Well, Sorry, that's the opening tagline. Yeah, can't be the I killer mean, I once was. I have to be something more. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but oh no, I've thoroughly enjoyed the TV series. I'm not knocking it at all. So you're warned that I'm going to go ahead and throw a warning out that there's a possible spoiler if this continues to be talked about in any fashion. Spoilers may come out. You've been warned. Yeah. Okay. So. Um... <laughs> I have to strangle somebody. <laughs> Sorry, some of us are up to date on it. Yeah. Aren't. <laughs> but I mean, trying to be safe. I'm not sure. I mean, like, how do you? How do you? As a people want it. I mean. Um, in Watchmen, you see how the public reacted 
to vigilantes. I mean, vigilantes is a sort of a derogatory term now for masked crusaders. Yeah. Um, I think I think the the important part of your question is superhero versus uh, someone who takes justice in their own hands. The word hero, uh, uh, to my mind, brings me to someone who wouldn't break the law, who would only do something for the good of mankind, versus a vigilante, uh, the Punisher, uh, Wolverine, who will take the law into their own hands. Yes, maybe for a good reason, for a good cause, but that heroic business goes away. Then they become the super... Um, I'm the executioner guy, as as, as you pointed out, the antihero. Yeah, I don't um, see Superman serving out warrants. So, like to Lex Luthor saying, "Oh, wait, I have a warrant for a certain seizure on this part, on this complex, on this evil complex." That you have. <laughs> I mean, it's like piracy. It's only well, legal until the government says it's not. Superman, Superman will definitely go in at the behest of the of the government. Exactly, but that's just it. If the government says do it, that's when he'll do it. It's, it's a rare just occasion. Like piracy. There were there were legal pirates back in the ages. It was it was perfectly sanctioned. By Which means they were operating in as the law. As that's what he's trying to separate. Mark. Exactly. Sure. So uh, I think that it's sort of a false. <coughs> Equivalent or false? I think it's an equivalence, not a false equivalence. I think that you have. I think super uh, the superhero versus the vigilante are more cl- close than people want to. Maybe say. now. No, I think that I was think a big. I think it was a big false. part of the six. The whole and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Lance. The whole point with the Superman storyline. Was that Superman was supposed to be that hero that everyone trusted, America's favorite guy, that had everything that had the government behind him and was looking out for the American common person, as opposed to your Batman character who is looking out for the the people in Gotham City because their cops are all corrupt and because their government is a sham. Or it's just, I mean, it's just the fact that you've got, you know, per capita, you've got, you know. 5, 10, 20 to 1 when it comes to bad guys versus good guys in Gotham City. And, you know, when you've only got so many police officers that are willing to do the right thing, you got to have a guy who's willing to live kind of on that edge of, of proper judicial practices versus somebody who's willing to kind of kick doors in and handcuff people that are suspicious, you know. And, and from the beginning, comic books have really been a reflection of the age that that is now. So in the the Bronze Age, the Golden Age, it wasn't necessarily a simpler time, but what you saw in the media was, you know, little Timmy, uh, a Boy Scout, was praised today because he rescued a kitten from a tree. So Superman did the exact same thing. Superman right. would be fighting crime, but he wouldn't mind stopping to get a kitten out of a tree. Well, and- now Superman will destroy an entire city to try to get rid of one villain. Right. Well, that's why I don't call him Superman in the new movie is Man of Steel. That's another point altogether. Mm. But X-Men was about being an outsider, someone who maybe society didn't trust. Um, use it for race or sexual orientation, whatever yeah. you want. That's where that comic comes from. It's from 
we don't fit in. Here's a group of people that completely accept us. And then here's some people that really don't like us, either the humans or the, the Legion of Evil Mutants, whatever that's called. Brotherhood, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Thank you. Um, Batman, a little bit darker. You know, we keep going back to the same same few characters. Iron Man uh, is a guy just like Bruce Wayne. Man, I got a whole bunch of money and I want to do something with it. Let me build this suit. You know, Batman builds Batmobiles. Iron Man builds suits. But it's still that I've got a whole lot of money. I'm a little bit smarmy. You know, I can I can do it, so I will do it. And it reflects the 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 thought processes of that age. So Superman, yes, he was born at a time where it was okay. To be truth, justice in the American way. Well, and he—I mean, Superman was really—you know—he his first comics came out in the forties, thirties during, or yeah, and uh, I mean, during you know during the uh, depression. the depression, and then into into World War Two, and you kind of had to have that, like you wanted a guy to root for because there was all this bad going on outside of your home, and you wanted that 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 American dream guy. To root for, you know, Captain America is a very similar kind of character. He is, you know, truth, justice in the American way. That kind of, you know, that kind of pick him up attitude. And and then as you get into the silver and bronze age and getting closer to like now, what is the modern age? You can see how uh, society uh, societal shifts have changed the way that comics are written. You know, the X Men was a response to the civil rights movement for for a, a long period of time. Um, and then you have like the 80s when everybody wanted to rebel against what was going on in the 60s and 70s because you know we were all just sick of it. And then the comic books reflect that. You know that's that's when antiheroes beca- started to become really big. You know you've got um, in the early 90s uh, you've got a lot of comics like Sandman and and things like that that are very dark, very gritty. Spawn was huge. You know mm-hmm. in in the early and mid 90s because. We we had a reality where stuff was not as pretty as everybody wanted to paint it, and so you had these other guys who were literally painting what we were what we were seeing, what we were living, and and dealing with that in a media like comic books. Yes, but you still had <laughs> Superman, who didn't seem to change with the times. Superman died. Yeah, about that time. Dies. So he came back, and he was and a, he was a changed have, you character. You also have auxiliary characters that come around Superman that are different than Superman. You've got, uh, uh, I think Supergirl. Yeah, you've got Supergirl. Super you've got like Superboy, Steel. Steel. That's who I was trying to think of was Steel. Um, and they're and they are, I think they still embody some of the values that Superman has, but they're totally different. They're different. Characters, you know, and then you've got, of course, the Le- uh, the Justice League, you know, which Superman was a huge part of. Mm-hmm. But then, if you look at the array of heroes that you have in the Justice League, they all come from different backgrounds. They come from different cities. They come from a different origin. You know, some of them have shady pasts. Some of them have, you know, bright pasts or what 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 have you. But I just. I remember the the, the uh, not the comics but the uh, cartoons, mm-hmm. the um, Justice League cartoons back in the eighties, um, and I just didn't feel like I could relate to them. I feel like I can relate to more along the lines of like um, um, I forgot which group the Midnighter belongs to, but sort of the. 
not the mocking of the Justice League, but the satirization. There you go. Satirization okay. of the Justice League. Because I, I feel like the Justice League is that throwback to the early ages where everything was truth, justice, and the American way. Oh, and Batman. And then there's Batman, <laughs> who just doesn't... Who was like perfect from the beginning? Um, well, he's he's like he's like Tony Stark. Bat, Batman and Tony Stark, like they have very similar roles when it comes to the Avengers and the Justice League. It's called Heroes with Emotional Baggage. It's, well, I mean, they both like it's just funny that they both pretty much have a way to be able to eliminate each member of the groups that they are part of. You're like. You know, if yep. crap hits the fan, <laughs> at least I have all of these contingency plans. Or as the punisher is like, I'm just going to kill them. I'll just kill them all. Yeah. Okay. I've got kryptonite bullets, sure. But you see, that's why I like Iron Man and, and Batman, because they're like, okay, these guys are damaged goods. However, they may not think that they are. They're damaged goods because they're doing all sorts of crazy stuff, and they're aliens and stuff. I need a way... I need to be realistic of this. And I don't like that a lot. And I, and I guess that's why I like the indie comics a lot. The stuff that Kirkland writes. And, um, I, like the, I like the very complicated, more... Uh, not adult in the, bad, in the bad way, but I mean, right. more the grown-up type of, of storylines. But ultimately, that's, that's why comic book stores exist. You're no longer at a spinner rack where there are six or seven titles of, man, it's the same story with a different person in charge. Now you've got a line of just indie comics on one wall. You've got your Marvel DCs. You've got your IDWs and your Dark Horses. You've got your, your known publishers. And you've got your guy who, man, I wrote this in my basement two days ago, filled it out. See if you like it. You know, take that guy's home. That's why the comic book store exists, so that everyone can have their own flavor. It is the Ben and Jerry's. It is the the TCBY of of comic books. Now, if you don't like this particular flavor, you go and find one that suits you, and you have, and that's great. Please don't just just don't knock my Superman, man. <laughs> I, have Superman. I, I just I, my problem with Superman is that I just don't think that he has deep character. Understandable. I don't necessarily okay. see it the same way. Me either. But I'm not even okay. a huge Superman fan, and I don't even see, I don't see it that way because the way I see it with Clark Kent versus Superman, I think he does look at himself as an outsider because he doesn't fit into any category. He's not human. He's not you know necessarily a superhero because he wants to try and fit in with with everybody else. But so I mean, in a way, he's he's conflicted to just as much as the Punisher but in a less dark setting the, the existence of the fact that he's an alien on well he's on an alien planet though he may have raised one way now he knows who he is knows where he's from he's always going to fight that but in terms of being a he considers himself a member of the planet earth and because he has abilities that others don't he decides to use it to help others now there is a lot more story depth than that, and it's hilarious looking at Lance because his story is like, really? You don't think he has depth? And it just conf- he just wants it. It's like... Blah, blah, blah. So, issue three, four, five, seven. <laughs> um. That's not there, my style. There is one thing that separates Superman from everybody, everybody that I can think of else. 
and I forgot who who said this, um, but how every other superhero or, or um, vigilante puts on a mask to be somebody else. Oh, that's uh, that's Kill Bill Quentin Tarantino t- writing that. Oh yeah, where he he puts on human clothes where everyone else puts on a mask and cape to to go fight crime he puts on human clothes to seem human right. yeah that's i mean i'm paraphrasing of course don't sue me but yeah that was that was tarantino's wow you know everyone else has to dress up to be the hero where superman is the hero and he pretends to be normal and that's that's kind of his view of what human beings are is when he puts on that hat, those glasses, kind of shrugs down and gets the bad posture and, and wimpy posture and becomes a normal everyday citizen of the U.S. Well, and I think it also, uh, you know, a character like Superman and a character like Batman, I think that one of the issues that we haven't really discussed because we're we're kind of discussing a lot of more of the... You know, this is this is the heroes now as they're established. But I think what uh, what we really haven't discussed is kind of that origin. Like, why are they the way that they are? What what brought them to that point? And you have to think that, you know, Clark Kent was raised in a humble household that lived the American dream the best they could, and they raised him the best they could. Bruce Wayne lived in a household where. You know, he was he was looked after and he was cared for by someone who wasn't his parents because when he was a young child, he watched his parents be killed by a guy in an alley. And he swore that would never happen and again. Exactly, and it's, so it I, always a traumatic event. Right. Well, I think that I think that you know, and and like I said with Spider Man, you know, Spider Man he witnessed his first love and the person who meant the most to him die, one at his hands and two. Uh, or the other, because he didn't stop the guy who he should have stopped. And so even, really, in his mind, he killed them both. And, and even with the Punisher, his whole family got killed. Exactly. So, I mean, so, so like, I think that really what uh, what makes what makes these characters so interesting and so different is is that background. It, and and I think you have to really examine what they have gone through up to that point. You know, Thor. Well, we talk about Thor, and, and of course, I'm relating it more to the movie because I, I haven't, I'm not familiar with the Thor comic books. But I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you knew Lance. that coming into this. I'm sorry. I'm completely unfamiliar. With but the Thor. in the in this in the same respect, there is that origin story in the first Thor movie. You know, you see him growing up with Loki, and you see he's just got this like just little butthead attitude, like, oh well, when I'm older, I'm just going to beat the crap out of everybody, basically. You know, and then and it's like. You get an opportunity to see him not just grow up physically, but you see him confront his character. You see him confront who he is and why he becomes the way that he becomes when he's in the Avengers and things like that. And Thor is very similar to Captain America in that respect because Captain America was, I'm this wimpy kid. Mm-hmm. I want to be a soldier. I want to fight for my country. Everyone right. else is dying. He, I want to be He there. may not have the same butthead attitude as you put with Thor, right. mm-hmm. but he has to do a lot of growing up and a lot of self-realization because the government was like, okay, no, now you're just our poster boy. Mm-hmm. You're not going to actually do anything. Mm-hmm. You're just going to wave a flag and, and raise money for us. 
where I, and then he's like, you know what, this is really stupid. I could do be doing a whole lot more. Right, right. And I think that I think that uh, it's really interesting when you when you look at the characters. Like, if if you were to get into a comic book right now, um, you know, obviously with DC they got the new Fifty Two. Uh, Marvel is doing a bunch of restarts. They're actually getting ready to start Spider-Man all over again with an issue one and uh, uh, several different um, comics that are going to be starting up with issue ones and kind of a revamp on old characters. And so now is a really good time if if you have that opportunity to get into a lot of these kind of classic heroes to see... To see, you know, what's going to happen with these new characters, but I, uh, okay, this frustrates the heck out of me. Okay, how many times do we have to listen to Batman's or Spider-Man's origin story? But they're not. The difference is they are a complete new revamp on those characters. They've done this how many times oh, now? I, I mean, it's cyclical. Know. Like every like five years, they do. <laughs> We're well, reintroducing these characters from from a movie perspective. Yes, the comics they haven't done that as much. I I mean the new Fifty Two was like a big deal because you've got like a brand new origin story for Superman, a brand new origin well, story for Batman. That was partly legalistic, but well, but I'm saying, but I'm saying like what you're you know what you're doing is you are making it more relevant to a new audience because you nowadays it is so difficult for comic books and newspapers and and other like printed publications to make money back for what they do and really what they're writing on is the hope that with a revamp or with uh, the reestablishment of old characters with a new story they're going to kind of enlighten a new generation of comic book consumers and kind of bring that back so and and another reason they do a lot of revamps. I mean, Batman has gone through several different origins. Mm-hmm. I mean, his origin has always been yeah, in the alley, bang bang, both parents gone. Uh, Bruce Wayne dies, Batman is born. Um, Superman hasn't always been that alien from another planet. He started off being just super powerful guy <coughs> that could leap tall buildings, and then somebody added in the comic books that oh, he comes from a different planet. That planet blew up. And now, that's how he gets his powers, is that the radiation from that planet. And then it became, he gets his powers because the solar radiation of Earth. Then, Mon Pa Kent came in. So there have always been these different ways to bring the character into the new fold. Superman didn't start off being the Messiah figure that he is now, if you will. Um, He started off just being a little bit stronger, a little bit better than other people, and took his name, Clark Kent, just because he ran into some random kid on the street, and the kid said, you need a name. Okay, what should I be? Well, my friend's name is Clark, and my friend's name is Kent, and put them together. So the history of comic book characters has been rewritten over and over and over again, and what they're doing now is they're rewriting those characters for this age of people who... I, I just can't identify with Superman that, that saves kittens out of a tree and does everything in you know the bright blue, red, and, and yellow. Or I can't understand a Batman that doesn't use guns. Batman did use guns in the beginning. There's a whole lot of things that you don't know unless you read those comic books and find those things out. If you just take what the movies gives you, yeah, I can't identify with that guy because I can't fly, so why should I? Or 
not everything is grass is always greener. There are shades of gray in there, sir. And yeah, it happens. More See, I would 50. be so much more interested <coughs> in that original origin story for, for Superman. I'll see if I can find you my copy. It's because what it it does is it says to me, I there's a mystery involved with it, and he's trying to figure out. I, I would be interested in that loner story of I'm the I'm this kid that's found himself out in freaking Kansas or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm wandering, and I don't know who I am. I don't know where I came from. Who am I? And then to come across those two kids and say, you know, Clark and Kent and all that, I'll be Clark Kent, and follow those kids along. I, I haven't read that story, so I'm just sort of extrapolating on that. There's also um, the new, well, not so new, I mean, it's been a couple of years now, the Earth One series, where the DC folks decided, what if... We scrap everything. There are no superheroes. But there's this earth where these comic books have existed. And there happens to be this kid whose name is Clark Kent. And he's lived with the stigma of, oh, you're Clark Kent. You must be Superman. And then he does develop his powers. So he's had a horrible growing up. And then he gets these powers. And to be be fair, that's not the Superman that I grew up reading. Mm -hmm. But it's a Superman I think you would enjoy. So... I have a copy of that. I'd be happy to give it to you. Everything that just happened right there is the exact reason why they rewrite these stories. Because they want to find another way to hook in the audience right now. So if over the time you see these stories getting rewritten, okay, yeah, it's annoying you see it get written all the time, go look through them. You might find one that you would prefer. My annoyance is that they're telling us that, is that they would be telling the same story over and over again. Um, and see, that's Something completely different. What we discussed right here, mm-hmm. completely different. Right, but it sounds like in a lot of cases, yes, it may be the same, but in other cases, it may be different enough to twist and get somebody interested in it. If, if you were to have somebody whose first Batman movie was Batman Begins mm-hmm. and have them go back and watch Batman 89 mm-hmm. or even Adam West's Batman, they wouldn't even consider that the same Batman. I don't consider I don't consider them the same Batman, but but it, it's the same character. It's just a different interpretation, interpretation of right. it. And I think that's the difference as people change. Like even the artists and people writing the comic books, their perspective on what they view as a superhero or what they view as this particular person as a superhero changes, and they're going to make comics accordingly. You know what I mean? Well, you know, I think what we've found here, and and of course, Big Don, you can correct me, but I think we've found a good thing to talk about in the next episode, the the idea of the character development Mm -hmm. over time. Um, I I know for me that there are many of the things I've read, movies I've watched, other people I've seen do characters, um, whether it be comic book related or even just in gaming, those characters have impacted other characters of my own, and seeing what changes what what things, as it may be, what storyline hooks impact us to the point that we're willing to portray those ourselves as a as a character in a, an RPG or uh, in decisions we make in games like Dragon Age or uh, the big RP games like that, or even playing the Batman Arkham games. Are we going to uh, you know beat the crap out of some guy, or are we going to tie him up and throw him over? Yeah, Infamous is a great option of that. Do you kill somebody, or do you subdue him? You know, it's... 
That's interesting. <laughs> I think we need to shoehorn gaming into this discussion. <laughs> I figured we'd get there eventually with games like Injustice, Gods Among Us, or the the Batman games, the Green Lantern game, the X Men games that are out there. I don't. I can't Marvel say I played the Green Lantern fire. game. Yeah. But, I didn't even know there was one, but. Apparently there I mean, it gives us something to talk about in the next episode, for sure. The, the character development that's going to come out of that. Yeah. I'm down. I didn't realize that your cup matched your hat. Or yeah. your cup matched your shirt. Yeah, man. And, uh, Big Don's all... You're doing visuals for radio, so I'll just explain. He's got a Batman shirt and a Batman cup, and the logos are the 89 Batman logo. Yeah. The 89 Batman the movie logo not the Batman chest logo anyhow <laughs> now that's all said and done <laughs> uh, I think that's a I think that's definitely a good uh, good place to stop for this episode 69 <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> oh there's so much excitement going around here for a silly number that's right um so Giggity. as we do, uh, um, just kind of a shout out real quick uh, for those of you who are in the uh, Indianapolis area or even in the Indiana area, or I think I saw on Facebook they actually have people from like Australia coming. Uh, the end of May and beginning of June, um, we have a local con that is starting its inaugural um, uh, holding, I guess, uh, called Indie Pop Con. So I definitely uh, definitely recommend you guys check that out. There's a lot of really good uh, buzz going on on Facebook and just kind of around the community in general. I know that they still are looking for people to join their street team to kind of promote the con and stuff like that. So um, so definitely check that out. Uh, Fear the Con 7 is coming up in June. <clears throat> I checked my calendar uh, today just to make sure because I it's the 12th, June 12th through the 14th through the 14th right uh, so if you can get out to that we'd love to see you out there I think about half of us are going to be out there so that's pretty exciting uh, of course Gen Con in August um, there's probably a bunch of there's probably a bunch of other smaller things going on please for those just, who can't make it to St. Louis Origins is also June 12th oh, yeah, through the 14th in, as we were informed that, in our last Columbus. episode Columbus Ohio yeah Columbus Ohio um so, uh, yeah, definitely check those out. They're uh, close local cons. I know the Chicago uh, Comic Con, um, was it uh, Wizard World Comic Con, is coming up in August as well. Quite a few, just kind of a lot of things going on around yeah. this. <clears throat> it's the, you know, spring, summertime. So. Well, and I think this episode <laughs> is uh, going to be out maybe two or three weeks before PopCon, so we're in the last oh, three stages ourselves. Yeah, definitely, so. definitely get out there. Um, and you can, uh, I know that they're doing, uh, I'm pretty sure they're doing insourcing for all their tickets, so you can buy them at the uh, door. Yeah. Uh, you can also just go to their website and buy it, and yeah, it attaches absolutely. right to your account, much like Gen Con's does. Absolutely. So, so, um, so yeah, without further ado, uh, the fact from our last episode, episode 68, um, is it don't matter... Oh, wow. Did you not write it down correctly? I, d- I don't know if I did or not. It don't matter. Uh, it doesn't it, matter if you love a man or a woman. It don't matter if you love a man or a woman. Play what you want. That's, yeah. Can I you say it one more I time don't, so they get the I don't, I don't write English. Uh, it doesn't matter if you love a man or a woman. Play what you want. 
Uh, thank you, Derek, and Adam, and all of our guests that we had for episode 68. Yeah, I love you too, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, our, our established facts for episode 69. Giggity. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah, that's you. Right, I stop uh, for it's actually uh, a really good established fact uh, given to me from Lance. Before the episode. That's all right. That's all right. It's, it still counts. Oh, good. It still counts. All right. Comics in different forms are fun for readers of any age. I don't know what just happened. I have no idea what just happened there. I'm pretty sure you said that's, that's the fact, the fact Jack, Jack. And I'm going right. to now have to look into that sound effect because... Uh, <laughs> Maybe we have to start building our soundboard. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thank you so much for listening to episode 69 of The Established Facts, and we will check you later. Support your local comic book store. Bye. See ya. Bye. Please visit us at www.theestablishedfacts.com and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash theestablishedfacts. If you'd like to support us by buying some merchandise, visit cafepress.com slash castingrobot. Bonus!